Nordica. Hola, Nordica. I say hello. Hi, from Nordica. Sure, the coolest thing about this place, the old uh, church. Shit, I would have been on that first Viking ship out of here to go conquer England and but I would have landed in Sicily, you know, when they took over Palermo and the island. I would have been one of those Vikings, you know? The Mediterranean. That's where my Viking blood belongs. <laughs> From Norwegia. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it in uh, Norwegian. Lost in Lilyhammer. Where is Lilyhammer? It's about two hours north of Oslo. I have no cell service. I'm in a village of about 30,000 people. It's quite interesting, you know? The weather's a little different than uh, Spain, where I was at recently. But this village has got lots of history and uh, looked like something I definitely wanted to check out. And I haven't explored too much of Norway, just uh, Oslo a few years back for like a day. But uh, so far, I'm liking it. It's uh, cozy and the views, oh my goodness, the views are crazy. Check it out. Yeah, so I think for the most part, the claim to fame for Lilyhammer comes from the Olympics. They got amazing like skiing and winter type stuff happening here. Also, there was a TV show about some uh, mafioso in America that got uh, witness protection here. And it was based in uh, Lilyhammer. But uh, I can see why they sent them here. It's just a nice, quaint, cozy, small village near the biggest, the northern part of the biggest lake in Norway, like Moja, Moja, I have no idea, I cannot pronounce it, but it would be a good way to hide out for a while. So I guess there's some uh, little truth to that mafioso in uh, Lilyhammer because I think 1973, Mossad, that's Israel's uh, intelligence agency, killed a Moroccan waiter here because they thought he was some terrorists from a Middle Eastern country. I think maybe the story, the TV show was kind of based out that little situation. They had that dude, they thought he was hiding out here in this uh, little village of Lilyhammer. So I guess the main market area here has been around since at least the uh, 1300s. It was written about in some famous uh, Norwegian saga. And uh, I guess another part is that these two sons met up with some king before they went uh, eastward in uh, this village. Didn't know the exact details, but it's been around this place. Starbucks of uh, Scandinavia. Scandinavia is just an interesting world to me. I spent about a, a year in Copenhagen and uh, I got a good taste of what it's really like to be Scandinavian. It just fascin fascinates me how a once so barbaric, you know, crazy type uh, civilization can turn into what it is now, which is basically, you know, utopia. You know, no crime, free education, free school, free healthcare, you get paid if you don't work. And uh, it's just wicked how they've like transcended their barbaric ways and created such a, you know, a wonderful world besides the weather, of course. 
Something about just the, the Scandinavian way, it seems like otherworldly. Like there's not a, a care, not a worry. And I think that's obviously good, but I also think humans need to feel something. They need to feel alive. They need to see some sort of danger or they start making up danger. They start bitching about uh, little things. I noticed that a lot in uh, Denmark. If you put an American in that uh, environment, and give them all the social welfare and the good paying jobs and the quality of life you know they would be in heaven but after a while I think uh, there comes a point where uh, you start bitching about the littlest things right you need to find something to cry about something to be you know worried about I don't know it's just this weird predicament because in Denmark you know I started noticing you know a lot of people would just get shit face drunk or they'd be on antidepressants or you know they would try to find themselves in unhealthy ways to kind of feel that spark of uh, of life because I think when you go through such a perfect routine you know you need the, the suffering or the unhappiness to feel the happiness right you can't just live on uh, high mode all the time or nothing would be high I'll tell you what I do kind of miss though is uh, the Scandinavian way of dating I've noticed it here again, kind of walking the streets, and obviously I dress a little louder. You wanna see my pants? And, uh, you know, Scandinavians are more minimalistic and don't wanna uh, show out, don't want to um, draw attention, never show wealth, that type of attitude. So when you obviously kind of stick out or don't look like the rest, and uh, you get the attention, and the Scandinavian girls, they'll look you down, you know, head to toe, with those eyes, meaning, you know, it's game on, let's go. And obviously in the Scandinavian culture, for the most part, sex isn't as taboo, and it happens very quick. So it's kind of good to feel that, again, being over here, coming from, um, you know, living in Poland for a while, and uh, it's more traditional, 100%. And you gotta be the one that uh, approaches the woman, and, you know, they'll play kind of little games and test you and, and so forth. So. It's fun being back uh, in Scandinavian on that part. Nature is a big part of the Norwegian way of life. I was watching Dating uh, Without Borders and one of the first dates I think Norwegian uh, men and boys do or um, recommend is getting a cup of coffee and just walking through nature. Um, I also think there's a word for you know spending a couple hours in nature per day. It is very important, obviously, it's been in their blood for a long time. Norway is surrounded by, you know, the lakes and the forest and uh, the mountains. And I really appreciate that because the more that I've lived in Europe, the more that I appreciate the nature. I appreciate walking around and, you know, being one with the environment. So I think the Norwegians do a wonderful job of incorporating nature into their surrounding areas. And, and obviously, you know, their population isn't that big and they have a shit ton of land. 
so it's more doable but I think if you go to places that uh, don't have that much nature it kind of wears on you after a while you definitely feel more tense and you know on edge and I think the nature is obviously healing rejuvenates a person no question about it prices don't seem too crazy as I remember you know being in Copenhagen maybe because the dollar is so powerful now but uh, I went to like a mini market you know nice clean one lots of different choices yeah, I got like two salads uh, some bread cheese and uh, water and it maybe came to $15 which you know in Poland that same thing I got would have cost me maybe you know seven but I remember in Copenhagen it was like way more expensive it seemed like back then and I know Norway as a whole is more expensive than the rest of Scandinavia Going back to not necessarily feeling alive in Scandinavia and also the dating, I think uh, this is why a lot of uh, African Americans find plenty of success and happiness in this country. I met a handful of dudes who want to live here or have stayed here and lived here because, you know, obviously coming from, let's say, the ghetto or the hood, you know, being put in this kind of society and having not a worry, not a stress, not a, not a care would be pretty refreshing but also like I said before I think the Scandinavians are searching for something new exciting different and you know the stereotype is a lot of black dudes have a kind of more of a macho type personality and obviously being exotic because Scandinavia is you know 99% homogeneous you know the same type of people you uh, get your fair share of people that want to experiment or try you know different things and it's so like a white dude that wants to go to Latin America, get some big booty Latinas, you know what I mean? So uh, I've met a lot of dudes that uh, have had a wonderful time in Scandinavia, black dudes that, you know, this is where they want to be, this is paradise for them. And I can see why, 100%. You know, the stories I've heard, the things I've seen, uh, it is quite, you know, crazy. Yeah, so my biggest gripes with uh, Scandinavia is, of course, the cost of living. I don't like to, you know, pay $15 for an Aperol Spritz. I think that's a, a crime. Now, obviously, their salaries are high. They get a crap ton for the taxes they pay. So it kind of, you know, balances out. But that's not fun, you know. I want to go out to eat every day if I, if I want to. I don't want to think, oh, I'm going to pay $200 for, you know, a two-person dinner. Like, to me, nah, I don't like that. Um, another thing is, of course, the weather. Obviously, summertime is freaking beautiful, and I definitely plan on doing um, a summer in Scandinavia. You know, go to all the lakes and see the beautiful nature and so forth, but shit. Besides that, you know, reminds me of where I grew up in Minnesota, just, uh, you know, depression weather, and I don't want to deal with that at all. And then lastly, the topics we were discussing beforehand is you just don't necessarily feel alive alive at least me personally when I'm here or I'm uh, living here it's like uh, I don't know I'm searching for adrenaline I'm searching for something that like slaps me in the face and that's why I always say you know Italy to me is a perfect balance between the two I spent about two years in Italy it's where you're not gonna get robbed okay you're not uh, 
it's not like dangerous, but it's, you know, a little more, for sure, more dirty. Got the graffiti there. You know, the streets aren't as clean, but there's just something about like life. You know what I mean? Like it's not as extreme as in Brazil where you really feel like you're living, living because it's dangerous, right? So you're on edge, but the coolest parties, the most lively type people, but the balance in Italy is more like you get that, not to the extreme, but you're also like, hey, you know, I'm not gonna get shot, I'm not gonna get robbed, you know, it is still safe, right? So yeah, coming with that perfect society, obviously there's cons to everything. There's a reaction, there's an action and there's a reaction. And in my opinion, from my experience living there, is that as a man, the men have been domesticated. There's no question about that. And look, it's worked, okay? It's a great, beautiful, probably peak type civilization, but it's like, I don't know. I, I, I would feel kind of like a lion caged with how I've seen, you know, Scandinavian men act and be. And, you know, not all of them, you know? There's a handful that are good and, and make things work and, and whatnot, but. But I really get to see kind of the negatives of it in, in football, where obviously football is similar to like a, a war type environment. A lot of shit's gonna go wrong. A lot of adversity is gonna happen and how you adapt to it really shows what kind of character you have, what kind of strength you have. Do you want everything just given to you? Similar to Scandinavia where you are given a lot, which I'm not saying is bad, but all of a sudden some little adversity happens and you can't handle it. And all of a sudden you're bitching over what some dude said to you at a dinner table two weeks ago and that's all you can think about. You know what I mean? Like I don't think people in uh, not as developed societies uh, care so much about those little type things because you know they're more worried about food on the table. They're more worried about safety and, and security and whatnot. But do I wonder what's gonna happen to the Scandinavian society with a bunch of men, in my opinion, that aren't, uh, that aren't as much leaders or masculine? I do, I really wonder. I mean, we saw what happened, you know, in parts like uh, Sweden when, uh, you know, the refugees came in and said, you know what, fuck you. We're gonna do things our way. You're not gonna do a damn thing about it because, you know, you're nice people, right? And, you know, you're, this is the Swedish way. And uh, I know in Denmark they had issues too with it. It's just worrisome that what could happen if, um, you know, dudes just bend over and take it. What also really like contradicts my personality, obviously growing up as an American too, is like the confidence. Some may say even ego, but that, uh, you know, putting your shoulders back and thinking that you can do whatever the fuck you want to do and, you know, take what's yours mentality. And obviously, you know, there's negatives to this, correct? But, you know, that American mindset of pull your bootstraps up, you can do anything you want, you can be who you want, you know, don't take shit. You know, to me, that's what like being a man is, you know, obviously if you do it in a negative way, there's issues and it can be very uh, destructive, 100%, but you know, I love being a man. I love doing what I want. I love freedom. I love being delusionally confident, right? And I think in Scandinavia, they hammer that out of you from day one. It's like I've said plenty of times before, they've transcended the individual, they've transcended the family, they've transcended the community, the state, the city, like they care about the country and the people as a whole. It is fascinating, right? Like, let's all hold hands, let's all share, you know, 
you know, we're all in this together, which I said, it's, it's great, right? But, you know, will it last? And also, uh, there's obviously negatives to everything, right? There's no one perfect system. Some prices here. I think ten Nokia is is one dollar. So this is three bucks, five bucks. It's not bad. Cause yeah, I wish we could all be hippies and there'd be peace in this world, and you know we could all hold hands. But that's just not reality. You know, throughout the history of man, it's been about war, and we're seeing it again uh, with Russia and Ukraine. That was one of the always big things I, I had with, especially living in Denmark, like, oh, Americans, you're so fucking stupid, and you, you, you have to pay for healthcare, and there's shootings everywhere, and oh my God, you have guns. And I'm like, okay, who's protected you since the end of World War II, right? So all the money that you don't spend on your military, because remember in World War II when you just bent over and the Nazis came in there, you didn't even put up a fucking fight. I know there was a little resistance or whatever, and obviously the Russians were more um, important in uh, that war, but Europe has been basically a client state of the USA because our military protects all of Europe, right? And because of that, you are able to invest way more into your social programs, your education, your healthcare, you know, making sure people have homes and, but someone's gotta be the bad guy to keep peace, right? And, uh, We've seen it throughout all of human history, you know, as much as we want to put our hand up and let's vote and let's all get along, blood has been what has changed history. Blood has what has been kept many people safe. And that's why, you know, when the Euros and the Scandinavians especially, you know, just bash the United States, I'm looking at you like, you know, it's time to be grateful too, okay? Because if it wasn't for us, you know, I think uh, some bad things could happen to you. So. Um, there's just a give and take to everything, but you need strength for peace, right? And I think in the Scandinavian culture, you know, they've been in fairy tale land for so long that it's like, no, it, was, it can all be like this. Everything can be fine. But then, of course, they started seeing something different when they allowed um, a lot of people from different cultures, you know, in the Middle East to come here. And, you know, some didn't assimilate. And there's many different reasons why, right? So before you come at me for anything, there's many different reasons why, but cultures are different, right? And when it all comes down to it, you know, we are still fucking, you know, animals. Hopefully we'll transcend that and, and whatnot, but survival of the fit and, and war is in our DNA. And unless some alien comes down here, unless we get some neural link from Elon Musk, that doesn't just go away. We're not much different than the Romans were 2000 years, right? So it's the one, you know, a little gripe I have with uh, Scandinavia and, you know, the European societies when they start bashing us, you know, for our guns and for all that kind of shit. Like I said, could we, if we could all live like this in a little utopia and be happy and, you know, do that thing where they go around the pole and they're all dressed up, that'd be great. I would love that. But there's a difference between, you know, delusion and practicalness, right? I think a healthy mix of both is what makes the world go round. It is very Scandinavian. Cozy, what, Heigi, Huigi, the Danish word for 
just chilling. Colors aren't that bright. An old factory, paper factory. It's just he was crazy madman. We have already very strict laws. Yeah. So he probably got it from Hells Angels or something like that. Do you know how old this church is? I can search it up. Damn, this is pretty right there, the view in the back. See the red little Norwegian type home? So I guess this is the suicide bridge. Uh, New Year's Eve, a lot of Norwegians jump off it. Yeah. That's that American influence. <laughs> Nordiga. Hola, Nordiga. I say hello. Hi. Hi, from Nordiga. Just a beautiful beach in Norway. Beautiful bridge, the suicide bridge. But check out these views. So I guess mainly this area is full of locals and students from many different villages. They either bus in here or they all, you know, rent an apartment and go to school. It's extremely mellow, like almost too calm and safe and I'm almost getting antsy being in this environment. But it's nice, you know, it's just a different way of life. These Scandinavians and more specifically Norwegians, which is different. What I always get hung up on is how you know, I can go from here and then, you know, take a plane ride and be in a freaking war zone or a favela or, you know, a shithole, basically. It's like how, you know, humans and cultures live trips me out. But yeah, in regards to that uh, suicide bridge, so I was with a, a local, getting a little tour guide, and basically it is really interesting i think you get so bored of such a perfect life that you search for the narcotics you know there was a big uh lot of drugs that moved through here i was told you know also you know every new year's eve they had to put like police barricades around the bridge because people like jump all the time to, to kill themselves i don't know i think it just goes to show that you need to little sadness maybe or something in your life that makes you appreciate and be grateful for the highs and you know a calm peaceful day otherwise you take it for granted and you start doing some crazy shit to, to feel something right that's kind of the message i got from the local when we talked about um the different issues uh the norwegians face more specifically the ones that are out of uh oslo like more of the country and the smaller village types but 100% I would definitely recommend uh, visiting the city. I think it would be a sweet little weekend relaxation. You know, when it's in the middle of the summer, maybe you could hit the, the beach. The water, I guess, is like freezing. 
but if the sun is shining then you know it could be a good little uh, dip in the pool and but just the views it is crazy I guess a lot more uh, tourists come in the winter obviously for the the world-class skiing and the, the mountains and and so forth but I think a little summertime getaway come up to Lilyhammer for uh, like a retreat you know get away from the world relaxation you know live in a beautiful perfect place look at this another interesting fact is the locals a big thing they do is they like cars right so they go drive in the countryside play uh, tunes just vibe a lot of like country type Norwegian music it was quite interesting it's like folk country that's like a big thing to do and I remember you know growing up not in the country but you know where we had some roads and obviously in American culture you can drive when you're young and that's kind of the freedom so I related to that you know taking your car and with your friends and going the scenic routes and playing good tunes I guess that's a huge thing that happens over here with the locals and uh, as you can see there's some decent cars And they're not the little cars. You know, in Europe, you always see those little dorky little cars. These kind of look like normal, some bigger ones. Seen someone with like some actual horsepower and shit. So it's kind of interesting, the car culture that they have here. And I mean, maybe that's the only thing you can do. Go check out a scenic view. And I think that's a reason too, why the Scandinavian countries are so uh, welcoming to foreigners is because the foreign culture adds spice to their life some uh, new excitement and you know the food the way of life the parties um, just a, a difference because I don't know how people do it but just living this uh, simple perfect life like I've said you know a couple times before on this is it would just get old right and you want to feel something different and and uh, maybe that's why oh beautiful view So yeah, I don't know, I think in my opinion, from what I've seen, what I've done, my experiences, is that uh, as a dude, to feel fulfilled, you need to be uh, conquering, building, um, you know, succeeding, not just uh, staying still and, you know, soaking up the life. And I always feel it too. When uh, my favorite things to do, you know, I go to the beach with beautiful girls and drink vino, right? And after a while, it's boring. It's like, what am I doing? Like, it, it, you don't feel the same uh, love for it after two weeks, right? And you're like, I need to do something. I need to go build something. You go build something, like, okay, yeah, I want to go and, you know, live La Dolce Vita, right? But that's because you earn it, right? And the cliche is, you know, nothing ever feels good unless it's earned. And I think, you know, it's 100% true. So that's how I kind of relate it to, uh, you know, this society is when everything is given to you and everything is you know perfect and amazing it's just like this is boring <laughs> you know i feel like a caged lion my balls are cut off and i need to go you know out in the wilderness and go chop trees and kill deer or some shit to to get a sense of purpose right i think that's the main thing is purpose a dude you know i'm speaking from that perspective because i am one is he needs purpose to be happy and fulfilled you can't just be given everything well, I learned something interesting too, because I guess the Hell's Angels have a presence here. 
with dealing narcotics and weapons. I know there's like a big Hells Angels thing in uh, Oslo. And obviously the Hells Angels started in California. But uh, there's a couple tattoo shops that are like the headquarters. And this is insider knowledge. So who's ever watching this from, you know, Norway or the Hells Angels are watching this. Sorry, but I guess that's uh, their operation. There's cops that frequently raid it. And uh, this is maybe hearsay, but it's what I heard. So I think that's kind of interesting. The Hells Angels are putting in that work out here. I guess in the winter time, uh, most of the tourism is done by the Germans. Uh, supposedly they come here with old World War II German maps because during that uh, war, I think Norway was officially neutral, but allowed uh, the Germans to move and transport uh, oil, soldiers and whatnot through the country. So an interesting thing is that the Germans, they take these old maps of this area, the surrounding parts, and go hiking and exploring with the map. And the Germans built a lot of uh, the railroads in Norway. And their big plan was to do it all the way to the top, top. And I think obviously the war efforts, they had to put it elsewhere because they needed the, the people and the supplies and, and whatnot on different fronts. But the German plan was to pay, make railroads connecting all of Norway, which to me is pretty interesting. It would've been nice if they did too, because I don't think there's as many trains in the north anymore, you need a car. I did feel the Norway expensiveness at a little local cafe earlier. It was a good cafe, I enjoyed it very much. But I got like two, you know, nice like uh, sandwiches with bread and tomatoes on the, the sandwich on top. and. You know, they heat it up or something, but they're like cafe sandwiches, right? Got two of those, uh, a spritz, Aperol, and a thing of water, and it was 40 bucks. I was like, the fuck? I think she overcharged me, but who knows? And uh, so, yeah, that is not fun. I mean, that should be at most 10 bucks, but, you know, it was a good vibe. I must take a photo of it and put the photo up when I do this. I got uh, two salads, not that big, a little sandwich. Uh, a pack of meat, some deodorants, and two uh, liters of gas water. I think it was around $26. To me, that's a little, you know, not crazy. I think this Kiwi Market is the place to go. It's, it seems relatively decent priced, but this is a tip for them Scandinavian countries. I always go to those uh, little like uh, markets or those chains that. Uh, had the good prices, you know, get your your vino and your beer and go have a date in the park or, um, you know, have lunch in the park because this place is, you know, spendy. Go broke real quick living in Scandinavia. Going back on my uh, points about uh, Scandinavia and how perfect it is. See, like in this type of environment, I don't feel like reaching for the stars, right? I don't have that sink or swim bootstrap type uh, mentality and obviously with that mentality comes the innovation it comes the reason that they had this society society in the first place through all this shit you know the vikings went through their ancestors the kingdom of denmark you know um all that kind of stuff led to what they had now so there's obviously a need for that in the world you know you look at america the land of extremes and that innovation has driven the whole world you know with uh the technology the hollywood the music um 
you know, all those different kind of things that have led to uh, a more prosperous world and things have gotten better, you know? So you need both for sure. You can't have one, you can't have the, the Brazilian favela and you can't have a perfect uh, Scandinavian culture. I think if there's no fight or flight in your world, in your life, there's no innovation. So, you know, innovation is what makes everything more prosperous, right? I don't know, food for thought. It's the original Olympic flag from the 1954 games. These are the Olympic torches, and then here's the lily hammer one. It's supposed to represent how a man took control of fire by pulling a branch out of a bonfire. It's pretty cool, but it looks totally different than the rest of uh, the torches. So this is a recreation of a Viking house, but listen carefully, it's creepy. I feel like one of those things is gonna come alive and take me. That's scary. And check this out, this is like uh, where the Vikings, uh, where they traveled, the path they took. Came down here, it's modern day Latvia, Denmark, Denmark, England, and then you got the little Leif Erikson or whoever that guy was that came over to the New World, Iceland, look at that, they went up to the Black Sea, Caspian Sea, it's crazy, North Africa, I really gotta watch that TV show, Vikings now. I'm fascinated with the, the Vikings currently. How rugged this land is, and just imagine seeing like hundreds of those little ships coming down these rivers. Crazy. God damn, they make this thing creepy. Uh, we got the national outfit here. Yep, this is our national costume. Um, this is from this area, so it's called Rondastak from Gubrastalen, the valley where we are now. Uh, and today I'm wearing a blue shirt and a blue apron, which is for work days. And then on Sundays we have to wear a white shirt and then a black apron. It's it's more nice. And this is like passed down from uh, centuries, right? Like how, how old is this outfit? Uh, so they used it in the 17, 1800s as working clothes, really. Okay. And then it has changed to become our national. Did they not know how to match colors? Cause it's all over the place, the <laughs> <Yeah>. pen. <laughs> I don't think they care that much really. Um, and also uh, 
Uh, this is wool, so this we made ourselves. My shirt and the apron is cotton, uh, and we didn't get cotton until late 1800s. Cool, thank you. You look great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> What's trippy to me is that some of these buildings are only like 200 years old. That church, like the foundation, was uh, about close to a thousand, not even. And they lived like this. Compare that to like the Romans and other civilizations. I mean, the Vikings uh, didn't seem like uh, they were that advanced at all. Maybe because they got that oil money. That's why their civilization is so good now. I mean, these are like mud fucking huts. <laughs> Ain't that impressive? You know, I got some Viking blood down the line, Norwegian ancestry, but damn, I can see why the Romans called them barbaric. You know, obviously they were tough and they pillaged and they didn't play no games, but I mean, if I was a Viking living in this and I went down to Rome and saw what they'd been living like for a thousand, almost two thousand years beforehand, I'd be like, oh my God. It really puts into perspective just how advanced and awesome and great uh, the Romans were. Yeah, see, this was built in the 17th century. It was moved and redecorated in 1785. It's just a winter home. I'm just reminded because in the history of Norway, the little exhibit I went to, they were talking about the Germans when they took over. And, you know, everyone knows about the, the master race and, you know, the Nordic blood. And obviously there's more speculation to it about the Aryans and who they really are and what. And a lot of it's been debunked, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, from my understanding, Hitler was always talking about the blonde hair, blue eyes. And, you know, the Scandinavians and Norwegians are like the Nordics. You know, that's like a big thing. But the Nordics weren't living good. Like, uh, you know, the Mediterranean cities or the Mesopotam Mesopotamian civilizations. The ancient Greeks, I mean, this is like a, not great compared to what they had, you know, thousands of years beforehand. You know, and obviously those civilizations I was referring to beforehand, they had to deal with a lot more um, war and people around them. And obviously they had better uh, weather, you know, for food and they're not living in some, you know, tundra like uh, the Nordic people. But I think the Nordics were so far away that they never really dealt with uh, other people, you know, having to invade them. You know, obviously they had in tribal fighting and, and whatnot, but I think that uh, warrior mentality and being around all those other civilizations, you know, pushed other ones to become so much greater. And, you know, I think the Nordics were like, hey, we got our little wood huts and we fish and we eat and this is our life. There's no conquering until the Vikings like set sail and said, Let's go. And then obviously they pillaged and conquered their way through, you know, most of Europe and started to become the, the top dogs. Check out the wall decorations. You see that? I think that's pretty interesting. Little, little doors. This don't look fun to live in, especially with the weather here. It would be a, a definitely a hard life, I think. I understand why they wanted to 
find different lands, you know, get on their boats and get the hell out of here because this is uh, not the most exciting place. And I bet they heard about like the people from the south and their civilization and how great it was. Well, obviously they did because Christianity came up through here and the Romans were in, uh, you know, North Germany. So they were trading with each other and doing all that. So I bet they're hearing about the, you know, the grand city of Rome and the eternal city and they're like, damn, I need to get the, get the hell out of here and go down there, you know, even if I got to take it from them. And going back to my previous parts too, about kind of where Scandinavia is at now and what I've noticed with uh, the people is, you know, back then I think those civilizations down in the south, you know, they were living life on somewhat easy mode compared to here and people uh, started doing some debauchery and, you know, had so much money and throwing things around and maybe they were comfortable. And the Vikings, man, they weren't living comfortable. I think that's probably what created such uh, strong, you know, men, the Vikings. And they went down there and they said, bend over, daddy's in town, right? So it's kind of interesting, like the environment and, you know, creating that kind of person that goes down there and says, no, nah, it's mine now. And I bring that back to, you know, the refugee, the Muslim thing that was happening in Scandinavia that's been happening, is that those dudes came from, you know, a shitty situation with all the wars and whatnot, and they come here and they, you know, in a certain way are like, I'm gonna take what's mine and you're gonna listen to me, right? So it kind of goes back to that, uh, you know, tough times make strong men, strong men makes good times, good times make weak men, weak men make shitty times. You know, that cliche quote, but I think it kind of rings true for, you know, some civilizations. But it's a very neat experience, you know, going to the areas where your ancestors are from. I think it puts a lot of things in perspective. I highly recommend everyone else, you know, look up your ancestry, go check it out. Obviously, I'm doing the American thing where, oh, my great-great-grandpa, you know, they were Norwegian, and but uh, it's still, uh, you could feel, you know, it's in your blood that uh, these type of areas in this environment and to see it firsthand, I think it's just, uh, it's really neat and that everyone should do it to get a better appreciation of who they are, where they're from, you know, all the people that sacrificed to get you where you are now, and I think it's uh, really cool. Yeah, and so obviously this is like a farmyard too. This is not like a city, but it's a pretty big one. You know, it's 27 buildings here. And I was reading too in the history of Norway, the museum, uh, that I think Bern was the most populated city in the, eight, the early 1800s or late 1700s. There was like 2,000 people, right? I think Oslo, at the end of the 1800s, had only 400,000 people, maybe less than that. So, you know, maybe there's a couple bigger, more developed cities in Norway, but I think most of Norway was like this, this these little farm, you know, villages type places, you know, comparable to uh, the Roman Empire where you had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of cities all throughout uh, Europe and the Mediterranean and um, into uh, um, Asia and uh, North Africa that were, you know, monstrous compared to what's going on here. And obviously they had little farm villages like this, but it just puts things into perspective, kind of how um, 
advanced the Romans were compared to a lot of other places. So you're probably thinking, well, what the hell do you know about history and why are you interested in it? I'll tell you why. Um, I started playing Total War, a little uh, strategy game on the computer when I was like in college during class because you know I was bored. And through that game, I became very, very interested in the Romans and all that type of history. And I was lucky to live in Italy for two years and visited 50 plus cities and uh, I dived into all the Roman stuff and uh, the medieval ages and the Renaissance period, but more so, you know, the Romans, you know, the Republic and the Empire just fascinates me. So I was, uh, I'm an armchair historian. I started watching a bunch of uh, videos and do my own research and obviously I don't know as much as people who actually study it for real and take the time, but I think I have a good picture and idea of it because, you know, I've read about it, but I've actually seen it. I think a lot of those historians and people that talk about history, they never seen it in person. I think it's a, it's a little different when you get to live it and walk it and feel it. And again, I could be wrong with a lot of different facts, but I think I have a unique perspective on it from uh, what I've uh, learned, where I'm from, what I've seen. So that house was built in 1590. Get an idea here. At the grass roof, it's kind of cool actually. Nice to lay down there, a summer day. This is from 1590, what the rural people of Norway were living in. Oh, you got a little kitchen over there, I guess. Huh, little patio. And these ones, I think were like 1700. I think that one was actually 1800. So yeah, that one's kind of funky, huh? Look at it, it's on like stilts, like a home in Florida. That's for sure the coolest thing about this place. The old uh, church, the base of it was built in uh, 1200. And like the add-ons, because it looks like a cross was later on after the Protestant Reform Reformation. That's pretty cool. Doesn't that look eerie, scary? It looks like some uh, horror film, pagan mythology, you go in there and some demon or something takes you, but no, it was Christian. Beautiful little, on. Yes, I don't know. I think my final thoughts are I remember being in, you know, ancient city of Pompeii. It's totally preserved, right? Except for the volcano and the ashes and, and whatnot. You can basically see the whole city and it blew my mind. It really did. And I come and I look at this and I think these people were living, you know, 1500 to almost 2000 years after that. And they're living like this, and Pompeii was living like that. It's just, it doesn't compute in my brain of like humans and civilization, how some develop crazy and some don't. And it's just wicked, it really trips me out. I'll tell you some closing thoughts though. It is really admirable how the Norwegians conquered this tundra, obviously right now it's beautiful, it's in the summer, but for the most part this place is, you know, inhospitable. And it just goes to show like, you know, those um, Indonesian people in far of Canada living in uh, igloos is how amazing it is for humans to like conquer their surroundings and survive and thrive and really neat experience seeing that old Viking village 
Nordic village in uh, Lillehammer. I liked it a lot. But shit, I would have been on that first Viking ship out of here to go conquer England and... But I would have landed in Sicily, you know, when they took over Palermo and the island. I would have been one of those Vikings, you know? The Mediterranean. That's where my Viking blood belongs. <laughs> Another interesting thought is, you know, me observing how those people lived back then and thinking, damn, that would have been a, a shitty life. Obviously, they didn't know much different, but now I think about myself and people, you know, in a thousand years from now, be like, damn, that dude lived a shitty, shitty life. So, that's really interesting. Humans and our experiences and, I don't know. But it's wild, if you think about it, you know, out of all those old Viking kings, I myself, you know, a normal person, well obviously I was born in America, which helped out a lot, has, has seen more, I've ate, different way more foods than them all the amount of experiences I've had has probably been tenfold compared to any of those old Viking kings and to put that in perspective it's just <sighs> blows your mind